up, guys? Casey and George with the Go On Bracket Racing YouTube channel here with you on another Tuesday night. Looks like it's getting ready to pour down rain at my house right now, but we can't forget those sponsors, George. TSR Racing Products, BRG 3D Printed Parts, Chance Performance Parts, Syntex Printing in Temple, Texas, and, of course, Driven Racing Oil is always bringing it to you here. Don't forget that code GBR10. Anything that you want to get from Driven Racing Oil, Get you some GBR10 up in there, 10% off, $99 and over. Gets it shipped to your door for free. What's going on, George? Can't call it, Casey. It's a good day. It's, it was pretty busy at work, uh, which is uh, not always a bad thing. Kind of made the, the day flow by pretty quickly. Um, and uh, like you said, looks like it wants to rain here in Texas. I know it's been storming pretty much every night. Uh, it's stormed for the last two nights, and they're saying it's going to do so until Thursday. So with tonight being a little rough. So heads up and heads on a swivel to everybody in the North Texas slash Dallas Fort Worth area, I guess I should say. But, yeah, man, it's been pretty good. Uh, no complaints here. No complaints at all. Coming off of a pretty fun weekend, uh, which is pretty much going to have a lot to do with today's stream whenever we get off into talking about you know, how the, the, the fling went down. I know everybody has their thought process to that. It was one heck of a race, I can tell you that much. That's right, man. The uh, I actually got to go out and experience it a little bit on Saturday over there. And uh, the, the coolest part about it is, to me, it felt like, it kind of felt like being at a national event. Like whenever you were a kid, you got to go to the national event at Gateway, you know, and experience top fuelers and stuff like that and just see all the trailers. And kind of like uh, Champ was telling me whenever we were out there, he's like, man, what do you think about being out here at the fling? Isn't it cool? Like you get to see all these guys that you're always, you know, we said see on TV, but see on Motor Mania, see on Bang Shift, Drag Racer TV, things like that. But uh, it was really cool, man. It's just, I, I feel like, we're turning people into superstars over here in bracket racing, which is what needs to happen because guys, if you haven't figured this out yet, the most money that can be made in drag racing right now is not in top fuel. It's not in funny cars, not in pro stock. It's not in RVW. It's not in any outlaw stuff. It's in bracket racing right now. And right. these guys will dink hometown boy from Virginia, as far as the spring flings concerned, took home hundred thousand dollars on Friday. You know, they, put out a couple uh, $30,000 checks. One of them came to the hometown boy, Will Roberts, out here for uh, Ronnie Roberts' racing team. Eric Amon was deep in there. Cameron Manuel's deep in there. Blaine Parrish deep in there. $30,000 check goes to Will. And then $30,000 on, uh, what was it, Saturday? Yeah, that was the day I was out there. Uh, our boy, Brandon Lane, on the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, go check it out in the archives. Somebody that knows Galat very, very well. Last year's points champion runners up to the one and only Gary Williams. You picked yeah. the wrong Williams, bro, to win. I know, you're right. I did. I should have just said a Williams because all of them pretty much showed up and showed out. Well, I don't I don't think Troy had the greatest week weekend of all of them, but Donovan was definitely there in the mix. And Troy uh, started man. Troy uh Troy runnered up to K B in that twenty thousand dollar shootout race. You're just right. didn't quite get there. You're right. So I should have just said uh Williams was going to take home some big money. Um and ended up all three of them did because I think Donovan took Saturday took two down to what nine cars and got busted on both of them. Yeah, yep. so that that's kind of rough. But uh yeah, man, I, I, I definitely think it was a heck of a weekend, man. A heck of a weekend. 
And guys, keep those questions coming. We'll scroll back up. I see some good ones coming over here in the, on the YouTube side. But we definitely want to recap that. Uh, I have to give what I'm going to start giving at every big big event that we kind of recap, Casey. It's called, I'm going to call it the Certified Tree Chopper Award. And that award's going to Brandon Lane for sure. I don't know how many rounds I watched him go double O uh, and low double O and dead on and sub 10 package, you know. Um, that all starts at the starting line. So, Brandon Lane, you are our first winner of the Certified tree chopper award man you you need an axe I, I don't know what i'm gonna end up doing i might have to make a a decal and send it out to whoever gets the certified tree chopper award brought to you by the going bracket racing youtube channel but uh brandon lane hey man he had a uh he had quite the saga to say the least as far as uh as far as all that goes true you hear true. me George? In, yeah i hear you just fine in and out of different cars okay. and everything yep so. yeah he had he had a lot of uh, in and out of different cars over there, and uh, he goes up for first round. This was Saturday, the day that I was there, and uh, he goes up for first round. I want to say, and uh, breaks a we think broke a rocker arm, something like that. But anyway, uh, so he uses the brake rule, gets gets in his personal car, and then all of a sudden that car broke that round too. And uh, he gets in his buddy Cody Strickland's car, which is extremely good, as you can tell. If you ever look at Drag Story, you can see that car was running dead on every single time. And uh, takes Cody Strickland's ride all the way to the finals and uh, just goes about six red to Gary Williams, I believe. And uh, right. no shame in losing to one of the greatest of all time, that's for sure. That's a true statement. It's a true statement, especially whenever you watch Gary Williams lay down perfect in his freaking by run right before that so it's like yeah all right i don't know what it is with everybody laying down perfect in a by run um and i see some comments in the chat here especially from pinkerton he says troy killed the interview i'm not even going to go yes. into that that was definitely a laughable moment i laughed i'm pretty sure everybody in drag racing in bracket racing i should say who was watching that had a really good laugh with troy williams that at, in that interview and gary's Gary's reaction was definitely priceless. He tried to grab that mic as fast as he could and just couldn't get it away, but uh, definitely was a good one. Um, so definitely, guys, real quick before we continue with the Spring Fling Galat, the recap, uh, we're going to go off into some things over here with uh, TB Promotions. As I slide forward, uh, the race that's going on at Kill Care in Zinio, Ohio, guys, If I, I mean, it's it's almost sold out, so I posted it this week if you're on the fence about going to this. Well, you better get off the fence as fast as possible. I'm pretty sure there's under uh, 50 entries at this point remaining in this race. 50 grand coming to you at Kill Karazin, Ohio. The track's going to have teeth. You know how I know because it's, a, it's from what I hear, it's one of the easiest tracks to prep. That's what I hear. It's at least got the reputation of that. But to add insult to injury or to even enhance that, should I say, Mass Traction and Brennan Mass are going to be in the building as well. So you're going to have a race, racing surface, bar none, this, this, not this week, but the next week out there in Xenia, Ohio. So definitely, guys, definitely make sure you fill that thing up. Show some love out there, TV promotions, for throwing this thing on. Head over to RaceDerbyCity.com to enter it. You don't got much time left because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people going out there to that race. I'm pretty sure it's going to be packed out completely, so... Uh, in the same breath, keep your eye, keep your mind on uh, CP's race coming up. CP Promotions will have two pretty good races: one for junior dragsters and one for us big cars. 
uh, that's actually going to span what four four days one two three four four days and a shootout ten grand for a hundred dollars a day so that's what i got for you guys as far as for up what's coming up uh what do you not want to miss and i don't care where you are if you can get there you try to get to any one of these races and you're going to have a good time drag racing uh so Definitely thank everybody for being in here. Russell Dow, I see you from Bond County, Illinois, man. I grew up in Bond County, Illinois, out of Greenville, as a matter of fact. So definitely glad to see you in here, man. Definitely. Uh, you need to drive this badass Vega, Jody Simrock. Is he trying to hand you a ride, Casey? Is that for me or for Casey, uh, Jody? It might be for anybody. I don't know. I th- I, all I know is it runs 598 every time, just like he told me. I watched it. <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't. I'll, I'll drive it. You just tell me when and where. I'll be there. Casey will be there, man, too. <laughs> let me tell you something about this uh, Spring Fling event, too, man. It was uh, The thing I thought was really cool, like I said a little bit earlier, is it felt like I was at a national event. It almost felt like, uh, I guess not necessarily a national event. It felt like a divisional type event um, because more sportsman racers, things like that. But whenever you're walking through and you're seeing people like, Kevin Brandon, you're seeing Jeff Sarah up in the lanes. You're seeing Sean Sarah in the lanes. Like literally all these guys that you basically don't see at a racetrack unless it's televised anymore. Um, see Kyle Coltrera there. Speaking of Kyle Coltrera, who would have ever thought Kyle Coltrera would be doubled on Wednesday and now make it to the final whenever he's doubled in the semis? Good question. Good question. And I, I don't have the answer for you, to be honest, Casey. But I bet a lot of people lost a lot of Calcuttas on that one. A lot of people lost the Calcutta, and a lot of people probably did O'Donovan as well. You're down to nine cars. You know what I mean? It's like you got two shots at getting all the way through. Luckily, his dad, I think it's his dad, came through and saved the day. You know what I mean? Right. The, uh, so, yeah, that was the that was the crazy thing about Wednesday, man. Thursday, Thursday, I was very proud of uh, just the people that race around here, the people that I race with every week, man. Uh I think you'll uh, remember that I called out Eric Amon to go real deep during the spring fling. Eric is doubled in a 520 door car at 17 cars, loses one at 17 cars, and then at 10 cars, it's Eric Amon, Blaine Parrish is still in there, Cameron Manuel's still in there, and of course, Will Roberts, who inevitably won the race, is still in there. But, dude... At 10 cars, four shots, Galat regulars. I mean, you can say on one hand that, yeah, they know the track, they know this, they know that. Well, guess what? At a race like the Spring Fling, anybody who's entering that race, it doesn't matter where they're from. Look, I mean, Gary Williams won one of the races. KB won one of the races. Kyle Cotrera was deep. You're racing against guys who might legitimately do this for a living. And uh, so I don't think that has anything to do with that. I think that that says a lot for the entire Galat Motorsports Park family as far as how good their racers are. Yeah, man, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chance to uh to bring up who's called D. And I, I don't even want to uh, try to pronounce his last name Facebook wise because it may be explicit. I'm just gonna say Fooch is is, is what his last <laughs> name is on Facebook. Ding Ding Holmes, man. Driving up there, number one Showing up at Galat on on the Saturday prior and going runner up that race in a twenty grander. Okay, so obviously he carried quite a bit of steam into the hundred grander, and like you're saying, Casey, you're going to one of arguably now arguably guys. Don't get mad at me for saying this, but the home of some of the best racers in the country right now. Period, and, and probably the home of most of 
the best racers in the country right now coming out of the Carolina, be it north or south. I don't care. Those are some really good racers out there. And so you're going to get nothing but top-notch racers at Galat. And to watch, uh, I won't call it unknown racer because I've known about him for a while. Casey, you've known about him for a while. But to watch him mow down that field in the 100 grander, that was impressive, especially coming off the, the, the weekend race before where there was probably quite a bit of contenders in the weekend before as well that stayed over to race for the for the spring fling race what do you think casey that's right man and uh, i actually went through if you if if anybody that's watching the stream didn't know this you can go on dragstory.com which is the same owners that own motormania tv anything that's on motormania tv will eventually be posted on drag story for results round by round i went through the results and for dink other than other than three passes, so he made 13 runs total, uh, 13 runs total on the 100 grander. And if you throw out three of those runs, which, you know, those those were just misses, one of them was actually a buy run, so you don't know what he was doing in that run. He might have loaded the box up or whatever. But if you throw out those three runs, I wanted to see what the average light you need to be able to wanna win a $100,000 race against these type of racers would be. What do you guess his average was? I'm going to guess nine, double oh nine. See, Eight. man, because I know I was watching quite a bit and seeing his numbers really, really low. And then right there around that 10 range or that 11 or 12 range and then hovering. That's where he was. And then to boot, then he's making the right decisions at the finish line, which is here nor there. So what are your thoughts, man? Eight, double oh eight. You think that's what it takes to win a hundred grander? Well, that's what it took for him, and I can tell you right now. I looked through, and I looked at his dial-ins, and I looked at his, uh, I looked at his ETs, and his dial-in ranged anywhere from a 76 to a 79. Uh, which, if he's running gas, that's pretty tight at, throughout an entire day and into the late night. You know, over here this time of the year, and uh, and even whenever he was dropping and whenever he was going dead on and things like that. I mean. He knew how to get back to the number, that's for sure. And, I mean, it was his day. If you look at his numbers out there, it was his day for sure. Uh, you know, you can say, okay, well, like right now, I got it listed right now, all 13 runs over here. And other than the semis, which he had a buy run again, and other than the finals where he was 24 against Sean Sarah, which may have been at 1 in the morning. I can't remember how late it was, but I do know it was at least midnight. And uh, Sean was only 15, so it wasn't anything crazy. So nine separate him on the starting line, and uh, Sean breaks out by 003. But other than first round, man, we're talking he's probably double entered, obviously, if he made 13 runs. So his very first run, 21. Nothing to, nothing to ride home about, but it was probably a blind run also because there were no time runs after that very first day. Next round, 10. Next round, 12. 13, 5, 4, 12, 5, 12, 11. Perfect. Gets in the bye in the semis, bye into the final. He's 35. Like I said, may have loaded up the box. Who knows? Because I know he dialed 572 also and ran like a 78 or something like that, which he'd been running all day. There was no way that car was going to go 72, at least not how he was running it. And uh, I looked at the mile an hour too. So I think he just did that just so nobody knew what was going on. And then, like I said, he's 24 in the final. Sean's 15. Sean goes three thou under, hands in the wind. Yeah, man, a lot to say about that gamesmanship there towards the end. It's actually interesting that you mentioned that. And with somebody cutting lights that close 
within that much of a thousandth of each other, all you got to do is throw in 15 and subtract 15, and you know exactly what you were, but nobody else knows what you were. So I bet you he threw 30 in there and was actually 005. And if I ever have him on the show, I'll actually, I'll ask him. But that's something that I'll take to the bank if I ever get down that far. You know what well, I mean? You, uh, we're going to the finals. I'm throwing up some some trash just to let you look at trash. And then when I come back here, I'm coming in with the full force of everything that I know I have in the first place. You know what I mean? And you're probably right, too, because I, I bet you that is the case, because perfect is what got him the bye to the finals. So if he threw 30 in, he probably was throwing 30 in, and then he would have been five. That makes sense. So, but it's good gamesmanship, though. Even, even who did I? Who else did I hear playing some good gamesmanship? I think it was Gary Williams who basically came up for a run, but knew that he had to do something in order to get a certain side of the ladder away from his son. Something like that. He had to hit the tree, or he had to be a certain uh, reaction time. I can't remember exactly. We'd have to go back and pull it apart. But knowing the race and knowing how races fall down in the end of it that well plays a part because Gary and Donovan would have never raced each other until the final if Donovan takes one of those entries in. So definitely was smart. And and Kevin Kevin saying Donovan here, Kevin Little, welcome in, by the way. I see you out there, Mr. Tar Heel State. Uh, But definitely a smart way to race, man. So what up, guys? Going off of uh, going off of what you just said, Bracket Racer nine six twenty two says uh, that's something that only someone with the last name Williams could even think about doing. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact, guys. But definitely keep keep your thought processes. Keep the chat rolling. We're going to roll to a quick commercial break. We love the guys who back us here at the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. We'd love for you to show them some love too. So get a love a load of their information. We'll be right back to you with some more. TSR Racing Products has everything you need to make your Power Glide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at tsr-racing.com or give them a call at 800 394 5889 BRG Motorsports 3D Print Racing Parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation. Items like safety belt magnets, nitrous bottle holders, and even quick release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from BRG Motorsports 3D Printer Racing Parts. Have a look at top-selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D Printer Racing Parts at telephone number 765-729-1177. All right, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for everything that you do for the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Goes out to BRG TSR. Uh, you guys are are awesome. Anything you need for transmission, hit up TSR. They will help you out, period. Anything you need custom made for your race car to make it a little bit easier to maneuver throughout that bad boy, hit up BRG, man. Just give him uh, some, some, some schematics or anything you got dimension-wise, and he'll be able to, to put it together for you. So um, definitely. As we get back into the show, we're going to start moving into a little bit of an open discussion here. Casey, I know one topic that we want to broach real quick. We, we talked about it last week inside of the chat a little bit. 
So let's talk about those buyback ideas about spending that money at the gate, man. What you got for him? Man, there was uh, so Alan Boykin, one of my buddies out here. He was uh, he's been talking about this for a while, and he's posed a lot of uh, a lot of good ideas about you know the thing in the southeast is double entry is a huge deal. Everywhere you go, you can double entry. The hardest thing about double entry is, uh, you know, obviously it's, you know, you can't argue with the fact that double entry is always better off whenever you have a lot of money, right? Or you have more money than the average guy because you obviously have to have double the money to be able to double enter. He's been talking about a way of, you know, some ideas of maybe you wouldn't have to necessarily have double entry because obviously the 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 one thing about double entry that people don't think about everybody always talks about how yeah it only helps the rich man and to be to to be completely transparent here i'm not a double entry type guy if i had the money i would be a double entry type guy i have been a double entry type guy in the past right now i don't have the financial ability to double enter every single time i go somewhere if i did i would now what double entry does is it then gives you two shots. Therefore, statistics tell you that you have twice as many times, twice as many chances to win each round that you're double entered. I mean, that's just a fact. No one can argue with that. Now, one thing that people also don't think about is the fact that what double entry also allows you to do is it allows a guy who doesn't have the financial ability to double enter. You can say that guy's at a disadvantage, or you could also say in a positive manner that that guy doesn't have the money to pay the entry fee it would take to pay this purse. Therefore, all these double entry guys are allowing you to enter at half price to win that kind of money. Or you could also say we're racing for this kind of money. Your entry fee would be double if we didn't allow double entries. So what are your thoughts on that? It's tough because honestly, before he brought it up, it never been an idea in my head. Um, and but it makes sense at the same time. Everybody knows that us, quote unquote, currently, I'm going to say currently because we're not always going to be budget racers, everybody. One of these days, it's going to be one of us inside of here watching this, probably me, <laughs> watching this YouTube channel that's going to strike a hundred grander. That's probably going to be me. I said it again. But I but, hope so. <laughs> regardless. We're right now we're budget racers. We don't go to a race and bring enough money to enter it twice. We don't bring enough money to buy back twice. Um, and so there always will be, and Casey, we've talked about this for many years now, there always will be the advantage based on sheer math, statistics, numbers, odds. It all goes to the person who's double entered. And the thought process of maybe pushing buybacks to the gate you know, if you're going to buy back, you put it at the gate. You, you buy it right then and there, up in the price. It's something that I need more clarification on myself. I mean, I understand it a little bit, but I don't have enough of a thought process to be able to say what I think. I am intrigued, however, because it's different than how we're doing it right now. Maybe it does uh, pull a good old true start and even the playing field financially for us who can't double. I don't know, man. Well, so what I asked him, you know, because we're talking on the phone, he just lives right down the road from me. And I said, uh, well, what do you propose doing? Because like I said, uh, the thing that doubles allow, no questions asked, what they allow is they allow the track to take in, in theory, 
potentially twice as much money. They, you know, like, let's just say it, let's just break it down into simple math, right? Uh, let's say you got 50 cars on the property and you allow double entry. So every, every single person is not going to double enter, but let's just say 25 to 50% of the guys double enter. That means you just turned your 50 car count into roughly like 62, 75 cars, something like that just by allowing double entries. Therefore, it simulates you having, say, you know, best case scenario, 75 cars on the property. Now you can put that money into the purse and you can still leave the entry fee the same. So I said, so what? what's your plan here? Like, how, how are you going to do that? Because a track can't pay, you know, in the Southeast, like I said, doubles are a really big deal. And what I noticed about going here is for the same entry fee, it seems like you run for two grand rather than 1200 in the Midwest. So I was like, well, that's cool. That's why. So I was like, so how, how are you going to alleviate, you know, anything like that? And he said, well, I have some ideas of maybe you just buy your buyback at the gate. Cause there are times where, you know, you can make it through and not have to buy back. Let's say you got just first round buybacks. Well, obviously only half the people are going to lose first round. So maybe you come in the gate and you just buy your buyback at the gate, and then you have the option to buy back. And if you don't, you don't. And if you do, you do. But basically what you're saying is this is the way we're not going to allow doubles. We're going to still get the money at the gate, and we're not going to allow you to double enter. So if you use it, that's cool. If not, that's cool. But you have the option to buy it or not buy it. But if you don't buy it there, you don't get it. So what do you think about that idea? I do like it. And the, the way you break it down there makes a race move a little bit better as well. It makes a race. Uh, number one, everybody's going to buy back. So 99 percent of the time, in my opinion, if you're driving to the racetrack, even if you're only single entered, you're going to buy that entry back if you lose it first or second round, whichever is the case for where you're racing. Um, I know out here we can do first or second second round sometimes. I know where you are. There's first or second round. Um, so I do like the, the concept of if you bought back, good. If you needed to buy back, um, you've already paid for it. If you didn't need to buy back but you won the one round, well, good. Keep racing. You know what I mean? So I do kind of like the aspect of it. I think that you'll get a lot of people who who, who draw back from it, however. Um, number one, it's change. Uh, it's kind of going to be the same combination as we always talk here at the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel about True Start. I despise True Start. True Start. It's never worked in my favor, though, so I have a reason to, right? That's what you're going to get with this whole thought process of paying everything up front at the gate. Even though the concept seems to me to be very, very user-friendly and probably a, a way to uh, to make it cutting edge. And I'm looking at Kevin's post here. He said run a re-entry round. I like it. I've always liked the the thought process of re-entry round over coupling everybody back together in one one round. I've always liked that. Part of it is the the old the pull into the staging lanes. What if the guy who I just beat, I just so happened to have to race again? Do I expect him not to 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 drive up on the wheel a little bit better since I we just raced? Do I expect? All right, I beat him once. I really got to sharpen up my game to myself. So I like re-entry round thought process. Um, re-entry like, round is like, the best way in my – it's Brad Gephardt chiming in. Re-entry round is the best way to do it. That's the way I think of it. I do and don't like that. I like the idea that the re-entry guys – the, the whole basis for a re-entry round is that you should be fighting for your way back in the race. Like, for example, if you if me and you run and you beat me, 
then you've already won your way in the second round. You earned your way there. I should have to fight my way back into second round against fact. someone else who wasn't good enough to get to second round. That's fact. But that being said, in the day that we're in right now, where data means so much and we have 400 car counts and first round takes three hours, mm-hmm. and now we're going to run a re-entry round, which is half the cars, therefore first round took three hours, then this is going to take an hour and a half. Let's say you're the first one down the track. Worst case scenario. First one down the track, you win. Best case scenario, no all downs, everything runs just as fast as possible. You could potentially run a guy who just went down the track. You haven't been down the track four and a half hours. Worst case versus best case. That's probably not going to happen, but let's just say it does. Now you're at a disadvantage because if this happened at, let's say you ran first round, which would be realistic to say about nine o'clock in the morning. Four and a half hours later is going to be what? Like one thirty, something like that. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. anyway, the point is, is now the sun has basically been straight up and down on the track all this time. You're obviously going to slow down. To be fair, on Brad's side of things, he would just say, well, obviously just dial up. Well, that guy already knows exactly how much to dial up. That's the difference. True, true. Here's a question out of Sean Pickerton, too. I'm going to grab it real quick. Uh, it says, if I understand correct, the racer has to buy the buyback at the same time of the entry. Is that buyback only good for first round loss? Question mark. If so, when first round, are you out your money on the entry that you didn't get to, to go down the track? So basically, he's well, saying, if I bought back and I won the first round, am I out of that money? And that's yes, in, in my opinion. In that scenario, yes, you would be out of that money. In that particular scenario, and we got some stuff going on in the chat over here also that I want to get to. That uh, uh, So Alan and Jeff are talking about this, and maybe Dave. Um, but Champ over here is saying, don't even, don't even start with him on true starts. We're not going to get into that right now because we're talking about something else, and you guys are going to take us way off topic. I know how you are. But uh, so – Anyway, so Alan and Jeff are in here talking about a mulligan race, and Sean is kind of talking about a mulligan race, too, I feel like. And that's one of my next ideas here, which is a mulligan race. Now, I've been to a mulligan race before. I haven't haven't participated in it, but they used to do it at, I want to say, I-57. They used to do it like once a year. And the reason it was only once a year is because they take forever, because at any given point, for obviously, first round, every single person is going to use their mulligan, right? Whoever loses. So you rerun first round twice. Well, that happens all the time anyway. That's not a big deal. The difference is, is that a lot of times, about third or fourth round, you have a lot of guys that are mowing through people, and you're running about 25% of the round over every single time. So usually a race that would take seven rounds to complete usually will end up taking about 12 to 14 rounds to complete. So they take a very long time, but I do think they're cool, but not an every week thing. They're cool for like a once a year thing for just like a special event. Yeah, no question about it there, Casey, man. We can't do mulligan races. Think about the the ordinances that we have inside of the cities that we race in in the first place. We got to be quiet by a certain point of time at most racetracks, right? I don't, I'm not going to say all because there's several racetracks, uh, Gateway, uh, they don't have a curfew, which, by the way, uh, July 21st, something like that, TV promotions. I'll bring that back up. Uh, I'm driving from Texas. I'm going to take a head count so I can know how many spaces to have TV save up. But I know there are several guys that are going to be coming from Texas and following me out there. More to come on that. But but 
So the mulligan race, man, I'd have to be completely out on. Like, I know it maybe once every now and again, just throw a little bit of change into it. Um, but, man, and Brad Gephardt saying they are a blast. You can use your mulligan all the way up into the semis. I like it to an extent as something different. Like, hey, here's here's a fun race. We're going to call this mulligan race. We're going to start at 6 o'clock in the morning because we'll never get done if we don't. And everybody can use a mulligan whenever well, they want to. It's more of a, uh, in my opinion, it would be more of like a smaller local track type scenario for like their special event for there. Because we all know that there are some smaller tracks that they don't necessarily have special events per se throughout the year. Like they don't have big money and things like that. But that could be one of their special events for the year. And depending on the area you're at, that's that's a really cool thing. I can tell you right now that if there's a smaller track around here that does a mulligan race, I'll go just because I think that it's fun and you know what you're in for whenever you do it. Like that's not something that you do in the middle of summer. If you're going to, if you're going to start on a Saturday at like six o'clock, that's something where you're like, look guys, we're going to do our yearly mulligan race, but we're starting at eight o'clock and on a Saturday. And that's what we're doing. And you know, because that's the length of time it's going to take to do it. Yeah. I like it. If it's like a local deal, uh, local, the local deal would probably make it a whole lot easier to deal with, especially with the car count and things like that. So you're hundred percent right. If there's only 80 cars entered at your local points race uh, for the weekend that you could have a mulligan race just for something to do fun. I'm going to pull in Sean Pinkerton's uh, point here real quick. So he's saying to your point, budget racers aren't paying for a buyback. They don't get to use. I don't think this really solves the dilemma of double entry. He makes a solid point at that because as a budget racer, I smile when I don't have to buy back. It's like, dog, I already made some money. I didn't have to get enough. I didn't have to buy back. Dog, y'all feel real good now. You know what I mean? Um, and and so he makes a great point there, in my opinion. Um, and that is that is that's 100 percent true. Just going off that topic before you get into the next one is that's 100 percent true because the whole idea is. You're trying to get rid of the double entry in the in the scenario we have presented. You're trying to get rid of the double entry is negative for a budget racer. But in reality, if you are charging the buyback at the gate, all you're doing is forcing that budget racer to buy back when he otherwise may not have had to. Fact. And that's why I like his comment. So that's definitely well said and well thought out. Uh, and the only way and the only way to really make this fair to be honest, is to do what Texas does. I think you guys might do it in the Southeast quite a bit too, is if you didn't purchase that buyback, well, now you've saved that buyback money to enter in Super Super Pro Green, uh, which is a race inside of a race, which gives you more of an opportunity to to race some more in the first place. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So while that is a, uh, while that is technically a buyback, um, you know, in reality, that is a cool idea that I've never thought of, which is, so you're saying you have your normal, like, say, three grand to win race, and then effectively you're not getting a second chance race, but your buyback is effectively a second chance race for half the money or something like that. 100% correct, because we all know that uh, on a three grand race, we're probably going to pay 80 to to $100 to get back in it. Uh, I would think anyway. It could be a little cheaper uh, because it's a little 50. high, but 50, 60 bucks. So be it, right? But those second chance races are generally like $100 to enter with no buyback in the first place because everybody knows it's getting later in the day. And generally, they don't call the second chance race until like the end of second or third round when everybody who's lost still wants to race in the first place. So not only is it a way to make more money for the track, 
it's a way for us to get more hits at the track. So definitely, that's exactly what I'm saying, Casey. You, you broke it down perfectly in order uh, to kind of explain it to the guys what I'm talking about there. Right, man. And uh, and that probably is the better way to do it, to be honest with you, because technically, if you lose first round, I mean, we all know, like, if you go back in the archives and the GBR live, we've been live who knows how many times now. But if you go back in the archives, you'll hear me say a million times whenever you're talking about local point series, that if you lose first round, you should not be able to gain any more points throughout the night simply because of the fact that you already lost. Like, you can buy back into the race. I'm fine with that. Um but I don't think you should gain any more points because I don't think you should have been able to gain points because you were out versus somebody else who maybe gets to like third round. Why should you, a guy who loses first round, be able to technically get to fourth round and then gain more points than the guy who didn't buy back and loses third round? That doesn't make sense. He won just as many rounds as you. That doesn't make sense. Big facts there. And I do like the aspect of and, – and a lot of tracks are already doing this down here in Texas, okay? I know Ardmore does it. I know Extreme has done it a few times to where it is a points race. Okay, the points race is over for X amount of people who are not ready to quit racing. And then number two, at I-30 especially, there's always a substantial amount of people there in attendance at that race who's just the spectator. Maybe they were just riding on the interstate. They saw something going on on the side of the road, pulled over, you know, grabbed a bite to eat. Looked at a couple of nice looking hot rods and now they're hooked on drag racing. Well, half the field's out now. Not anymore with that second chance entry. So I don't know, man. I like it, even if it's an 80% payback. You know, um, it is a way to, I said it already, you get more data uh, and you get more, you get more money for the local tracks. That, that's what I'm after. I seen a comment in here, number one, from Champ, who said, um, Drag racing, uh, should I say, bracket racing seems to be thriving already as it is. Why change anything? It's an excellent comment because we are, and I need to knock on some wood possibly, but we're in a pretty good spot as bracket racers when it comes to having somewhere to co- to go and race. You have many people coming out of the woodwork to begin to begin their career as a, a promoter or their second their second hustle as a as a promoter. Let's throw a race here. Let's see how that works. I know even Champ himself looks at wanting to be a promoter eventually. So that's it's it's perfect the way we have it, but it's always good to to talk about and kind of mill over the good ideas as far as how to move forward to. You always want to uh, you always want to think about how you can make things better because while some things make things worse, look uh, for example, what if Motormania never existed? If Motormania never existed, nobody would be here today, including probably GBR. Um, Motormania allowed everybody to understand that you can race for a million dollars bracket racing. Can you do that running top fuel? Not since I, I want to say maybe the big bud shootout used to pay that. I don't know. I think it might have only been $100,000. But as far as I know, the most money that can be made right now in drag racing, period, no matter what it is, is bracket racing right now. This, this weekend, Dink Holmes took home more money than a lot of people will do running Outlaw Pro Mod, Grudge Racing, no prep kings, uh, on and on and on. Top fuel, NHRA top fuel, top fuel funny car. And this wasn't the biggest race of the year. Speaking of no prep, no prep kings, if I scroll back on YouTube, uh, the chat, just a little bit ways up, I swear somebody said that one of the no prep kings racers is now a bracket racer, maybe Justin Swanson. Uh I'd like to have more information on that, whoever said that, because – Obviously, there's bracket racers who go to no prep kings. 
hence Stinky Pinky. The man Disco Dean the Tent King himself puts on races and they're bracket races, okay? Um, and is a a well known I will kick your butt on a bracket in a bracket race type of driver. Right. So don't put it past me to, to believe that, but I definitely want want to know more about Justin Swanstrom possibly well, being a bracket racer. I'd love to see that because it would bring a lot of eyes to our sport. I don't care what you have to say, positive or negative, about Justin Swanstrom. Having him in our sport is going to bring a ton of eyes to it. And guess who was at the spring fling this weekend, George, and was going deep? Dallas Glenn. That's right, the pro stock driver, driving Chris Galetti's red car. Heard it. I heard it a few times. Of course, I think he's affiliated with Rad. And, of course, if the kids – he likely came up through a junior dragster in the first place. You know what I mean? Right. And so I heard his name on Motor Mania a few times, and it, it's not going to go past me. I know that's the pro stock driver um, who's really, really a really good lever. Wonder where he got that from. That's that bracket racer in his blood to be able to leave that's the right. line like that. Ain't nobody sleep to it, you know. Um, but so definitely – Definitely um, would be nice to see the no prep clean kings, any any bracket racer or or no um, heads up racer, bridge the gap. David Burr Jones, I'm just throwing out names you guys already know. That's, you know, David I mean? Burr Jones right here. Everybody's saying David Burr Jones is a great bracket racer. That's right. He was down there with you at Extreme. That's right. That's right. I, I see him run around quite a bit. Him and the Higher Gun run around quite a bit together. And the both of them were in deep a few times. So um, enough, enough said about that. I think he so, is a bracket racer that pro stocks racing, not the other way around. Hey, Brad, I, I got you, man. Dallas bracket, Dallas Glenn could very well be a bracket racer. Uh, so I, I, you got it, man. I don't have nothing to argue about that. He proved it just a couple days ago. He proved that he was deep every single day at the, at the spring fling, as far as I can see. Here's a question from Alan Boykin here. How many people would come to a 25k race? So 25 grand to win, plus runner-up, semi, and round money, with a $300 entry, and that includes your buyback that you can use any time to race at a nice facility. So basically, what I'm hearing is $300 entry, 25 grand to win Mulligan race. If you would, uh, if you'd be interested in that, put I don't it in hear the chat. The, I don't hear the Mulligan part though. I hear the buyback is bought inside of the entry. So if you lost, yeah. you you go back to the buyback round, which is first round or second round in some cases. For a twenty five grader yeah. though, it's probably going to be a first round only buyback. And so for three for three hundred dollars, I'm coming. I mean, it is what right. it is. It's three hundred bucks to run for twenty five k, and there's going to be other races to surround it. Uh, and that three hundred includes my buyback. I am probably coming, but I am going to be like, dang, they got my buyback money. And I won first round because technically we're talking about what SFG's putting on a 20 grander this week and it's what 300 bucks to run the whole weekend. So 20 G's should cost 225 grand ish to be like 250. That's a $50 buyback. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So I wish I still had that 50 in my pocket, but I ain't gonna cry about it now that I did the math. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) So hmm. no, that's uh, so uh, let's see here. What else we got in the chat? I've been we've been neglecting the chat right now. We need a to go little through bit. The chat. I know I'm kind of going through it myself. A lot of comments in here. We got we got uh, somebody in here saying TSR is the best. 
We know that already. <laughs> uh, TSR is the best. The uh, Jeff Bonfield saying, keep it simple, stupid. So, yep, that's uh, that's the truth right there. Uh, we got some people asking in here trying to clarify the uh, the idea that Alan came up with here saying, is it 300 for a mulligan race or is it 300? And then that includes your buyback. And if you don't use it, then that's that. True. Jeff says uh, buyback anytime equals a mulligan. Yeah, man, that's true. Right. Um, the only thing that that uh, separates uh, what I think Alan's trying to say from the mulligan race is that a mulligan could be used anytime throughout the but race as long as you still have your mulligan coin, which I do. That's that would be fun to do. OK, take that mulligan race down to take your mulligan to the final and tell me if you had your mulligan, you're going to say I ain't using it. Come on, oh, yeah. Man. Come on, man. You're using that mulligan. So I like that idea as something fun to do, something that's pretty fun. I see Eric White's comment in here. He says, double entry has always just seemed odd to me in a single elimination sport. How about a consolation race for first round losers to buy into? I think AHRA does that in some races. Eric, if that's you're still here, man, if you're still here, Eric, that's kind of what we're talking about with the uh, Super Pro Green uh, thought process or super pro different color that happens here in Texas quite a bit. Um, that's basically a second chance race for the people who are not still in the main race, even though I don't think it's restricted to the people who are in the main race from getting into it as well. So um, I I'd have like to have the, some clarification uh, on that. Yeah, I would even be, uh, I would even like the idea of saying, saying a track says, Hey, we don't have buybacks. We have a second chance race, and we're going to pay X percentage of whatever the second chance race brings in, like a gambler's race. I would like that even. So that exactly. way, basically, you still have your opportunity to buy back, but you lost the first race, which that's the one you're counting for points because you're a local track and you're running your local track points like every local track does. And then you go into your second chance race, and maybe you have the ability to win you know, more money or less money. You never know. But uh, – even pay just pay 80 percent of whatever the buybacks are no i like it i like it 100 percent um because at the same time which i've said I'm, I'm probably a broken record more data and more money for the tracks more time for the spectators to stick around get their beer their soda whatever they're getting out of the concession stand their burgers walk around talk to racers who are actually there you never know who's gonna shake hands at that racing event so yeah, man, I like it. I think the second chance race is probably going to we're going to see that implemented quite a bit more around the local track area where there's only 80 or 100 entries into said race buybacks. We might eventually see buybacks go strictly to big money racing in the first place. It may happen. Who knows? Because that second chance race is probably going to bring in more money than the buyback in the first place. Right. And uh, and here's something, too, that uh, going to the whole you're buying back into a different race and stuff like that. Totally different deal. Old racer says here, and the points champ would actually be the points champ. Someone who was the most consistent throughout the year would actually win the race, no matter what happens, because I never really gave it much thought until we just brought it up maybe 30 minutes ago. But in this scenario where somebody like, say, say I win first round, second round and third round. Right. And let's say you lose first round. You buy back and you get to fourth round. We have the same amount of points, but I never lost out of the race until I couldn't buy back. So how come at the end of the year, if we're tied, it always goes down to who won the most rounds? Why are you the champion just because it so happened that you bought back that race and I didn't have to? 
I like it. And at the same time, we can throw another wrinkle into it. Your point's racing. You shouldn't be allowed to buy back. Great. Totally fine. But that second chance race, put your buyback into that. So right. the first the first points race is going to move extremely fast. There's no buybacks. So for a track to continue to make their money, have that second chance race and throw a buyback on top of that. It's the same thing, but vice versa. Right. It's, it's exactly. absolutely vice versa. So I don't know. I like it. I like that. And, and eventually I think we'll see it. I think we will see that eventually. That's the oh, man. I think that that's the best idea as far as running for points that we've ever talked about on GBR. Appreciate you, that old risk. <laughs> I heard that, man. That that's definitely and even even Alan Boykin coming up with a thought process to get us into this type of a conversation. All of those thoughts are good. All of the thoughts would be, in my opinion, profitable in bracket racing. People are not going to turn down a $25,000 race for $300 because their buyback is added into it. They're not going to turn that down. It, it is what it is. We're going to buy back in the first place. And you're saying that the buyback was only $50, roughly. I know some math will probably have to be done to adjust it a little bit. But in that scenario, um, yeah, you're not going to get very many people to turn that down. So a lot of good come out of this conversation. I was actually looking forward to it. Um, Kevin's, Kevin Little saying here, points stop on the buyback. I, yep. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but they, they definitely they should. should. They definitely should. Um, if you bought back, man, you can't be track champion. You bought back every single race of that whole year, Okay, in my right. opinion. You were track. I got my butt kicked every first round, but because I had a mulligan, which is the first round only, I was able to be the track champion. So uh, yeah. I like it. it. It makes things harder. It makes things a little bit more traditional with there being no buyback, while at the same time throwing in a way to keep the tracks making their money. Um, because it's, we got to have tracks to race on. It's like Bracket Racer 1 saying right here, buyback should be for a lesser value because I'm a loser at that point. And that's that's <laughs> right. the truth, man. I mean, it's a crude way of saying it, but it is the truth because as soon as you lose, how can you gain more points whenever you technically shouldn't even have been in the race unless you had that extra $50 in your pocket? Man, that's a fact. It, it, and if you want to take away loser, so be it. Just call it a consolation. Because at the same time, you still didn't win the first round. You're in right. the consolation round. We're trying to make it back to when instead of, you know, being able to gain points, you shouldn't be able to do that. Put them, in, put them into a second race, and I think you got, man, I like that idea. You might have to find somebody yes. who, to give it a shot and see and then talk about how it worked later. I think the absolute best plan is the the red and the green, like what you're talking about, where, where you're – but I do think that green should be in the uh, normal race. You should be red whenever you start. When you get out, I got you. I got you. And hey, hey, no way, no way, shape, or form am I uh, plagiarizing. I am not taking that idea. I did not come up with the thought process of running a race inside a race. However, the first time I ever showed up to Ardmore Dragway when I first got mowed down here, they had a second entry race, and I was like, "What the heck are they talking about?" And everybody started telling me. I think Kev Griders were telling me, yeah, man, they, we run two races every time we race, a race inside a race. I'm like, okay, now that's what I'm talking about. That's just foolproof. Okay, so I'm not I'm not plagiarizing. Uh, we're excited. Uh, <laughs> count this as my we're excited. Don't, don't. <laughs> the, uh, the only issue I would say with that whole deal is, is obviously if you're putting people into a different race, then you're divvying up the purse. You know what I mean? So instead of it being like, say, five grand to win, it would have to be thirty five hundred to win and fifteen hundred to win over here. Not so, quite. Not quite. Because when you pay your entry into the first race, 
that's for the first race. You still have to pay your entry into the second. And then the payback is 80% or a percentage of however many people entered into the race in the first place. So it's basically a gambler's race on steroids because there's going to be a whole lot more entries. You see what I mean? Yeah, that makes, yeah. So you just basically would say that second chance race, whatever you want to call it, is just effectively race number one is no buyback. If you don't choose to do so, you don't have to buy back. No one does. But if you choose to run the gambler's race that is effectively the buyback race, then it's paying whatever it's paying. You don't know what it's paying. At at $100 entry, that's a thousand bucks if 10 people get into the race. Okay. Right. So, it's not like there's not going to be enough money to go around to pay 80% back because more than 10 people are going to buy back at every race every given weekend. I'm 100% sure of that. I guarantee you there's not been a race in history, well, let's just say in the last, since 20, I don't know, since 2000. If we're drag racing, even during the rough times of drag racing where it was the greatest recession of our country's history, even in that time, not the greatest, but one of, in, even in that time frame, there was more than 10 buybacks, Casey. I guarantee it. So well, that's a thousand bucks right there. Even if you say we'll run for a thousand bucks in Super Pro Green, and Super Pro Green is anybody going to miss out on that? Even if the, the entry is 60 bucks, nobody's missing that. Well, and that's the thing, too, is uh, the, the best case scenario, the reason racetracks love gamblers races is because if you say I'm going to pay back 80%, you can't really lose because if you're already running a race and uh, obviously, you know, first round half cars are eliminated. So all the worst case scenario, you're going to run the exact same length of time right. because you're already going to have to finish this race and you still have to wait for the rounds. Well, instead of having the air between rounds, you're running another race. So the track is always going to gain 20 percent in the in the idea that we have set up here. Hypothetically, you know, if it's an 80, 20 and effectively, it's just a gambler's race. All that's doing is making the extra money for the track. Now, the track doesn't need those entries anymore, maybe. The fact. And at the same time, it's 80-20. We're not talking about buybacks. You put a buyback on the side of that, buyback money is 100% track-owned money, period. But the 80-20 is the entry fee. So be it, man. So be it. Nobody loses. I see old racer in here saying, track can't lose. Can't lose, man. You can't lose with it. So... Kudos to Ardmore because that's the first place I saw it. I don't know who done it before them, but somebody was using their dipstick, Jimmy. That's all I got, dude. I love that that's commercial. Right. It's one of my favorites. Somebody was using 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 this up here, you know. So what else <laughs> we got, Casey? Man, we didn't came up on that hour. I know we got a lot of people in here and a lot of topics that we'll probably steal to go into the next open discussion. I'm thinking we might have a guest lined up for next week, but I don't want to leak any information. Don't hold me to it is all I'll say there. What else we got, Casey? Man, the uh, I, I think that hour came up quick, a lot quicker than we thought we would on uh, on a topic like that. So we appreciate everybody participating in chat. Obviously, we want you all to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit the follow button on Facebook or share it or whatever it is you do over there. If you can't get to it live, then listen to it on the podcast on your way to work. We're all over the place, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. I don't know. I'm probably forgetting about stuff. I don't even know where all we are. Sometimes George handles it. Sometimes I handle it. But obviously, 
We got to thank TSR Racing Products, Chance Performance Parts. We got to thank BRG 3D Printed Parts, Syntex Printing, and Temple Texas. If you want you one of these GBR shirts, hit up Greg down there at Syntex Printing. He'll send it out to you. And obviously, we got to thank Driven Racing Oil. I'm telling you right now, best methanol-specific oil you can buy right now. I think it's owned by Joe Gibbs Racing, so you know all the money that needed to be spent to develop this stuff is what it is. Good stuff. I love it. My bearings look brand new. Use the code GBR10. Get yourself 10% off. $99 ships it to your door for free. No matter how much you get, get a whole pallet. You'll need it. Get a whole pallet is right, guys. GBR10 is going to save you enough money in the first place. Uh, I think that's the best price you can get it at, as Katie Casey might have alluded to. As always, big shout out to the promoters. Uh, thank you for what you guys are doing. Hamlin Motorsports, good job putting on that race. TV promotions, CP promotions, everybody's throwing some some pretty doggone good races for us to jump in on. And uh, again, more to come on St. Louis, guys. I'm going to take a head count uh, to see how many people want to want to just get in a big train and ride all the way up to St. Louis. It's only like eight hours, so it ain't going to be that bad anyway. And there's plenty to do once you get there at Gateway. Uh, one one of us need to win the race and bring it on back to Texas because I'm Team Texas right now. So <laughs> one of us need to win it. And then, two, if that don't happen, we'll hit the casino. It's like 10 minutes. Go ahead and hit the golf course. It's like five minutes. There's plenty to do. So on behalf of Going Bracket Racing, guys, thanks for joining in. We will see each and every one of you guys next Tuesday. Thanks, guys.